<laughs> oh, there it goes. <laughs> well, hello, hello. This is a live shed talk with Linda Borgie, Chris Itterman, and Marsha Miller Howe, and we are discussing food. Right? <laughs> food, food policy, food in cities. Food in cities. We food are just in the city. God yeah. forbid. There's so many people. There's so many people in the city. So many people. You know. You know what I wish we could do? I wish we could get an estimate of the square footage of windowsills in a city. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. We don't okay. want north-facing windowsills. Those, count, those we have to pick can't out. count. Those. No, no, but we could, we could, we could put solar lights on them. Oh, you, you could, you could still grow pea shoots in those. By the way. Right, really? right, right. Yeah, they mm. they they don't have to have because you can give them the light later. You can go stick them outside for a minute, and they'll go. Oh, I'm green, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, <laughs> that's if you're not on the 67th floor. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to go outside, carry your tray all the way down. Yeah, but, I guess it depends where you live. But you know, because of uh, you know all the work that uh, the three of us have been doing over the past you know two plus years. We are being led to such interesting people like um, Dushan from uh, Seed Voyage, and that is the uh, app, the application where neighbors can sell food to neighbors, <laughs> excess in your garden. See, so we really, you know what that's going to ruin though? That is going to ruin hide a zucchini on your neighbor's porch day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 that's a sacred holiday. And that really is a, <laughs> that is a real live day. That is a real live day. And, and uh, from, from Dushan, we, uh, we were introduced to Wayne. And Wayne uh, is a food activist. And he held a position for the city of Toronto uh, as uh, of advising on food policy, right? Hold on, hold on. Okay, Toronto, hold on. Ontario, Canada. Oh, is that what because, it is? Okay. You know, not everybody knows geography. Oh, okay. I didn't even know it was Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I thought oh. it was just <laughs> Toronto, Canada. I thought it was Toronto, Canada. Well, <laughs> it's in Ontario, which is the, the like, province in Canada. Oh, yes. so that's like the county in the United States? Yeah, it's like a state. So it'll be Middletown, Orange, New York. No, no. No, no. It's more like Canada is the country. The country. Ontario is kind of a state. So a it's state. it's a Yeah, it's kind of like a state within the country. Gotcha, gotcha. And so. then uh, Toronto is a nice big city in Ontario. And Ontario is New York's neighbor right over um the Niagara Falls. Oh, right over the border there. I see. Yep. Canada is very uh, uh forward thinking in their food. In their in their realm of food, at least at least the individuals that I have met that are from Canada, like Curtis Stone, uh, mm -hmm. a spin mm -hmm. farmer. I mean, Curtis and I, we trained the same time with Wally. Wally, uh, Wally, you gotta love Wally. Oh, Wally. <laughs> 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 but the difference between Curtis and I is uh, thirty years. So that's the difference between. Curtis and I, we were looking at it from different perspectives. I wanted to teach it. Um, 
after I did it, you know. But he's from Canada, and I know I, I know I have a few friends that are from Canada. But yet, if you talk to them, they say that their food policy is no different uh, than in the United States. But you know, we have all these people in cities, you know. Yeah. And from this man Wayne, and we could post his blog in the show notes, right? I read one of his blogs, and he was reviewing three or four individuals. I believe all four of them have had written books, and one of them was a woman who wrote a book about farming in the cities. And it was a whole, I mean, even though it's from England, it's the University of, of Leeds, L-E-E-D-S, and I don't know mm-hmm. what county mm-hmm. that is, but uh, <laughs> I, know the, I know the country is England, but I don't know what county it is. But I am looking so forward to reading to reading her study because it's about a city. So cities are cities are cities, and she mentions certain things that you know I'm already aware of, like guerrilla gardening and vertical uh, uh, hydroponic gardening. You know all that kind of stuff. But we do have a we do have a situation with an awful lot of mouths to feed, and they have kind of gathered in those city structures, uh, more so now than ever. Right, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, right? I, I, mean, wanted, I wanted to make a point on that, too. It's really interesting because in just a few generations back, more people lived in rural than they did cities, and food was grown there, obviously, right. and it, so they were much closer to their food. One reason we've gotten so far away from our food is that the food was still grown in rural, right. but everybody moved to the city. Mm-hmm. So well, the, other, think- the other problem is urban sprawl, too. So it used to be that your, your suburban areas or your, your farms were really close to the city because the city wasn't very big. Yeah. You know, right. the city's circumference or whatever, its range, was not right. as large. So, so you know, it was... 20 minute drive mm-hmm. to the farm or whatever, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like huge. Mm-hmm. Now you have, you know, we used to just be urban or suburban. I mean, I'm urban or rural. And now we have suburban, you know, now mm-hmm. we have these like in between mm-hmm. hybrid areas with mm-hmm. a whole bunch of sprawl and a lot less farmland. And a lot of turf grass. And, and a, a lot, lot of grass. Of turf right. grass. And a Levittown. lot of turf grass. Oh, please, Levitt. Levittown. Lots you of Levittowns everywhere. Sure, sure they are. And, you know, uh, Farmyard has now, it, we have now gotten to us a, a level of maturity that we are going to be able to go forward with our brand, Fresh, right? We're going to be able to go forward to show as a pilot project the, ci- the city, the town of Verona, New Jersey, and how from the top, right from the mayor, because we're speaking to the mayor, we're speaking to all the politicians on the town council, we're speaking to the churches, to, to all of the clubs, to the Girl Scouts, to the Brownies, to, to use this as a project to show everyone that we can grow food everywhere because that's really what we're supposed to do. The only thing that's holding us back is the status quo. <laughs> well, seriously, yeah, right, right now, no, really, right? right now, there's the status quo, and in some areas, especially those suburban areas, 
there are sometimes regulations about whether you can garden or not. Right. So some of it is legislation. Right. But for the most part, it's just status quo. I mean, here in Silver Spring, right, in front of each and every house is 450 square feet that it's doing nothing because it's this strip of land, this meridian is going from the sidewalk to the street. Now, the people do not own this strip of land, but they are responsible to mow it. Well, I want to know why they can't grow it instead of mow it. If no one's using it, right? If no one's using it, it's status quo. And we've got, that's what we, that's what we are doing. That's what we are in, 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 this, um, in this arena to do, is to change that status quo. So it gets to a point, right, Some, sometime in the near future, when someone's putting down turf grass, right, the neighbors are going to come over and say, oh, what's that? And the neighbor's going to say, oh, that's sod. <laughs> and the one exactly. neighbor's going to say, well, how, how do you eat it? <laughs> yeah. Or like, why are you putting that in? It's ugly. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do you it's eat ugly. it? It's ugly. What are you going to do with it? <clears throat> so that's, um, <laughs> that's our target. That's our target. And that, that has been a target that... It, is moving, but we have to move really quickly because I mean, there's some there's some real really raw numbers. I mean, re some a really raw number is 62 percent of all of the farmers in the United States will reach the age of 65 in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know what percent is already 65 now? How many of them are still out there? You know. Farming well, they, they've already in their sixties and seventies. Yeah, yeah, well, they've already started retiring, so that's why they've got they've had this push exactly. for the last ten years to try to get more farmers to step up, and yep. not that many are really doing it. And so this puts commercial ag kind of in a pinch, but they love being in the pinch of having to sell a farmer all this huge equipment to do thousands of acres of land because mm -hmm. then they don't need as many farmers because they're going to be taking over everything with their machinery right <laughs> but yeah there's a whole bunch of problems but my point earlier was um if 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 food was close to the people in rural then our our city managers and our government and in our local areas need to be recognizing how important it is to have food close to where people are and support that as part of their development because it not only will help people become more we get more farmers that way but there'll be an economic driver with it too because we'll be growing a local food system that is truly local where the food is you know accessible and 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 we're cutting into all the extra uh, fuel, fossil fuel that has to go into moving all this food from from the commercial situation, the commercial right. farming to situation. warehouses, and then from warehouses to supermarkets, and then to supermarkets to the houses. Exactly, <laughs> and then but a neighbor right. could be making money growing wonderful food in their yard. Why not do that? There's a whole bunch of other things too. Like the biodiversity of our food, the diversity, like how Absolutely. many species. Right now, all food grown for market has to 
last a certain amount of time to to get to the packer, to get to the warehouse, to get to right. the grocery store, to sit on the shelf in the grocery store. It has to be only certain kinds of products. That's right. So we are limiting our our food availability by how many weeks that food is viable. And really it is weeks or months that, you know, that avocado can sit there, you know, half right. half ripe, you know, before it becomes ripe because it has to go on a boat or a ship or whatever and like, you know, get to Florida and then be moved up the East Coast or whatever it is. You know, so right. how long that, that food is viable um, makes a big difference. Now, if your neighbor's growing it, we can open up all these different heritage foods, all of these foods we haven't seen in a long time in our supermarkets, you know, things our, our great-grandmother ate um, that we can then put back on the menu, some of which hasn't been mucked with. Uh, as far as <laughs> as far yeah. as um, big ag and and GMOs go, you know they they have no interest in these products, and so they haven't touched them, and right. we can still grow them. And I love this part, Chris. Thank you so much. You segued right to what I have been looking at, is that in looking at nutrient density. It has mm-hmm. everything to do with taste, and a lot of our heirloom tomatoes that would never make that trip because they're too fragile or whatever, mm-hmm. they are. They oftentimes have the higher nutrient density as well as the definitely the taste. Well, and the other part so of that amazing is, tastes. is keeping them in touch with the whole plant until they're ready to be eaten rather right. than picking them before they're even ripe. So they don't get the benefits of the whole plant, you know, mm-hmm. feeding that fruit while right. it's while it's ripening. Um, mm-hmm. When your neighbor can go, oh no, wait, we're ripe right now. Everybody, come over and help pick. You know, mm, right, <laughs> you know, right. Pick a bushel right. and take them home, please. You know, well, yeah, well, tomatoes. Yeah, well. and invite and invite the <laughs> hey, and invite the neighbors over and can your tomatoes together. Exactly, yeah. a lot oh, yeah. about that. Definitely. And then and then have a big spaghetti party and wow, what great things for the neighborhood, right? Right, exactly. And that food is so much more nutritious, even if it's the same species you would buy in the store it grew up whole it didn't grow up in a truck it didn't grow up in a warehouse it grew up in a garden with the sun you know <laughs> and and a, and, a, and love from the gardener mm. yeah well by using our program fresh from seed to table right mm-hmm. you will get the full benefit of all of this because you will be given and taught how to use an application uh, that you will be able to sell your excess to your neighbors. And that is Dushan's application. It's just brilliant. And he's going to explain the ins and outs of that on March the 21st when we have our first online Zoom town hall meeting, right? And, and uh, secondly, to get an intimate relationship with your soil, because really, we're not growing anything other than soil. That is really so important for everyone to know. We grow soil. Because we grow soil, and that's our focus, plants just grow. We, we, they'll grow themselves. So, Farmyard has a soil doctor. Evan Folds, and he has a very comprehensive soil test that he'll show you 
give you, send you instructions on exactly how to take your soil sample and that it'll go through all through the process. And by the time it gets back to you, you will have a prescription of exactly what that soil needs, right? And then you'll have farming art to, to guide you each step of the way, like step one, Dig up the grass. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> dig up the or, grass. or sheep mulch on top of it. Well, well, dig up the grass, and we'll, I'll teach you three different ways, right? That you can do that, that you could go through that process, and nothing gets wasted. You know, all of it gets, uh, you know, used. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and how to use. A compost teas and, and the like, so that we are going to create food networks in neighborhoods. Yes. Everywhere. Every, yes. Everywhere. Yes. <laughs> A thousand times yes. Right? That's what we're doing. And all you have to do is come to the meeting. Come on the meeting and... Um, contact us get on we'll give you all the information in the show notes you know we'll let you know where when and how uh to participate but it's now it's this year it's this spring it's not okay we're gonna plan no 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 no. we're gonna do it we're gonna just (laughs) we're just gonna go out and do it and moms all you moms out there that, that are listening I want you to know, especially if you have picky eaters, if they grow it, they will eat it. I want you to keep that in your head, you know, and that is proven. That's not just pulled out of the air. And look at Miss Marsha on, on, on our call today. She is an expert in nutrition and blood types. Her, her, our podcast is, is live this week, Marsha. Did you know that? <laughs> I did. You yeah. did. Oh, and, and I didn't know. If and you knew and it because or not. you're sharing that about kids, uh-huh. I'm also I wanted I want to do one about raising healthy, happy eaters. Oh yeah. Because we needed to talk about we need to talk a little bit more about the food thing with kids. Most definitely. So we've got such uh, such great uh, futures for all of us ahead of all of us, each and every one of us, and all we're going to do is join together as a collaborative cooperative, right? Mm -hmm. And Farmyard is going to uh, give you all the information that you need in order to be successful in your endeavor. And we have people on the ground, like Robin Caruso, right there in Verona. She's a little spitfire, man. Whoa, baby. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She reminds me of me when I was in my 30s. It's nice to just see that energy all over the place. But when you have a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old, yeah, I remember those days. I remember them. So (laughs) it's really really exciting. It's exciting uh, exciting to do. Right, girls? Yeah. That's what we're at it for. So I'm pretty clear. Does anyone else have anything they would like to add? Oh, we will in another Shed Talk. Of course. (laughs) One after another after another. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening, especially our Patreon supporters. How in the world could we ever do it without you? We couldn't. It's just not possible or plausible or pleasant, actually. So we will all see you on the flip side. 
And until then, go farm your yard. <laughs>